right in front of him. Crowd are looking, throws it alley. Oh! Welcome into the Just Basketball Show. I am Chris Manning. That is Brandon Clean. Special guest today, my favorite Man City fan in the world, but he's more <laughs> known for everything he does at Diamond Upright. He's an editor, writes over there, tons of great stuff. Bill DiFilippo. Bill, what's up, buddy? Not much, guys. Uh, just happy to happy to be on here, talk a little bit of basketball before things. You know, we're we're doing this on June 27th at about 5.30, 5.40 p.m., and things have already been like... A little weird so I'm excited to do this before things get really crazy because I think you guys probably agree with me like the the likelihood of this podcast ending this recording ending and then something happening that makes something completely irrelevant in here this time of year is just like remarkably high Bill can you um well, I, I, with, if you're comfortable can you peel back and tell people where you are going to be when free agency opens at 6 p.m. on Friday we got props. I love this. We do got props. I don't know if Brendan knows. I don't no, know if Brendan knows where you're going to be, but I, I've I I've been I stressed not. for you ever since we talked since we talked about this when we were at Boy Genius. Are you ready which, for it? Yeah. Oh, oh, Taylor Swift. That is an iconic nope. T-shirt. I, it's very important to me. Uh, I probably should have put a. Disc- I'll, I'll tell my girlfriend not to uh, watch or well, I'll tell her to listen to it, but not watch this on the YouTubes uh, because I told her that I'm getting a Taylor Swift shirt, but I didn't tell her what the Taylor Swift shirt was. So I want that sure. to be a surprise to her as uh, you know, as I get there in uh, you know, as, as we get there on Friday. Please subscribe. If you haven't already. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a good plug for the YouTube. For, Perfect. That was a really good plug for the YouTube, but brothers, I'm a professional for a reason. Look, Bill here. Here's the thing. I am optimistic for you that this is going to go smoothly because you and I are in a group text with a friend of ours, and you had said like a week ago that you were like, I am very sure that the first song at the Boy Junior show that just happened in Columbus, that Bradley Beal is going to get traded. I believe that I said, and predicted directly, that was going to happen before that, and guess what it did. So I'm feeling optimistic for you that you're going to get some normalcy at while you're like jamming to whatever area you're into. On, I'd on feel a little better if the sets were like half as long. Taylor is just really monopolizing a lot of the time with these marathon sets. So there's just that sure. much more, you know, bandwidth for a, a big deal to go down. But yeah, they're like, they're you know. three, they're like three and a half. The, the entire show I think I've seen is like three and a half hours, three hours and 40 minutes or something like that. So, and I also think it like there's a chance of thunderstorms and chance of rain. So there's a chance that like at about two 30 PM I'm meandering. Oh no, fortunately it looks like it's going to hold off. But there's a chance at like 2.30 a.m. I'm just meandering out of Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio, looking like I just went to war. And like my phone is still buzzing because, you know. Damian uh, Lillard is on the heat. Yeah. No. Well, no. At that hour, it'll be like Kobe White agreed to a, an offer sheet <laughs> sure, with the Orlando sure. Magic. But yes. Kyle Kuzma got what? And it'll be like $30 million. We'll be like, what? And yeah. I'll be like, sure. Good I had you, Kobe Kyle White on my matchmaker list, so thanks for. Wow. Uh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you wow. Kidding? Yes, I'm absolutely okay. kidding. I did not okay. have. Okay. I did not have Kobe Look, White. Uh, about to be like really offended. Was, for, that was for our that was supposed here. to be as natural of a transition as Bill gave us with the right. YouTube plug, but it's true. Sure, all right. Believe me. First, first bit of news before we get into the matchmaking stuff. Let's talk about John Collins, who I, I dare I dare we say has finally been traded, not official yet. So I don't want to like. You know, like curse John Collins that he's going to have to like maybe get traded again, but he's going to the Utah Jazz in what is a salary dump? 
The Atlanta Hawks, a time old tradition, are du- yeah. ducking the salary tax. I like this for Utah, though. I, I understand they have a lot of bigs. They have Kessler. They have Markinen. You know, Kelly Olenek, they technically have for another year unless they, they let him go and don't guarantee the full amount of his deal. Curious to see if he maybe becomes a, an FA option now. But I, really, I like the John Collins talent bet for the Jazz. Brendan, what do you think? Yeah, I love it. I mean, why, why would you not at least take that roll of the dice? I mean, his contract has three more years on it, so I guess there's a chance it goes south. But what else do the Jazz have to spend their money on? They don't even have like the kind of like the Thunder have. Okay, we're rebuilding, but our roster is going to get expensive sometime soon. It's like there's a marketing deal somewhere down there. Maybe a couple of these young Jazz guys hit, but they don't even have the roster crunch or salary crunch to look forward to. So it's a perfect value move for them. And I just think Collins is a really good player. I mean, really good for what I guess he is, which is a power forward making reasonable money that is really good in the paint. Like he's a good at rim shooter, pretty solid weak side rim protector. I always thought like, let's see what he could do if he played the five a little more. I don't think that's going to happen with Utah. Maybe there's some marketing and Collins combos, but I think they're going to start playing Kessler a lot more in year two. Um, the big question for him um, is the shooting slump that he had last year a result of, I believe it was a thumb injury, or is there just something fluky about the first few years of his career? I'm going to bet that it was just more of a fluke last year than this, than the past like four, but that's the question. Um, I think if, if he can start making some threes and help space the floor, it's a solid fit and there's no need to play him too much or this or that. It's just a, a good value play. Why not? Bill. Yeah, I mean, the, they gave up nothing for him is ultimately my big thing. Like they with, with respect to Rudy Gay, like, you know, he's been a really good pro for a long time, but it's not like, you know, you look at Atlanta's roster and you know, perhaps they end up paying Sadiq Bey. They have uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. They have A.J. Griffin, who they like DeAndre Hunter, who is there, but seems to be available. Jalen Johnson is there i mean they just have a bunch of guys on the wings so uh, like with respect to rudy gay like i don't think he's he doesn't seem like he's going to have much of a role so ultimately in terms of like stuff that has some level of value utah just traded a second round draft pick for a guy who you know he's not a perfect player uh he has his flaws like you mentioned that shooting slump that he had Last year, Brendan is a bit of a concern, even if, you know, I think you could probably chalk a little bit up to that with, with the thumb injury. And then just like how weird everything was in Atlanta last season. But if you get like a re- not the peak version of John Collins, not the guy who averaged 20 and 10, but if you get a guy who can give you 17 and eight a game and hit 37 percent of his threes for a second round draft pick on a Utah team that is still really, you know, for how nice of a story they were last year uh, before they kind of faded away and missed the playoff, they're still in that, like, accumulate as much talent and figure out what to do later mode. Like, I, I don't know how this is anything other than a just remarkably good bit of business by Utah, especially because, like, how long ago was it? Because I, I truly do not remember off the top of my head. This is how long John Collins has been on, on the trade block. How long has it been that... John Collins was available and it was like, oh, maybe they can get a first round pick back for him. Maybe they can get a couple of really nice young players. This is it. Like they essentially turned a second round draft pick into that guy 
And it's just a pure bet on town. I love it, love it, love it for Utah. And if it doesn't work, who cares? The Utah Jazz won 37 games last year. Are you guys Harry Potter fans at all? Either one of you? I, I, I'm a millennial, so I kind of have to be, but... Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, okay. So you, in the second movie, there's the scene when Harry first meets the Weasleys and the dad comes in and he, he knows Harry is from a non-magic family, so he asks him what exactly is the purpose of a rubber duck. You know this scene? Does that yes. ring, yeah. ring true to you? Yes. Okay, so I put it to you this way. What exactly is the purpose of the Atlanta Hawks? Well, it's funny you mention that because after, you know, a, a thing that I'm sure will come up at some point over the course of this conversation because it's a basketball podcast in late June of 2023, like my mind immediately went to Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers mm. and how like this is a really good example of how important it is to cash in. Like if you have a guy that you think you can cash in on and get stuff that helps your basketball team in one direction or another, this is a way like you have to be able to do that sooner rather than later. And I think what the Hawks ended up doing here, not what I think, what the Hawks clearly ended up doing here, they dragged their feet, they dragged their feet. They waited until they could say, we got a deal where we won. And by wanting to wait that long, they ended up losing the deal for him. So now they're a team that is trying to shed money, is trying to build a The one thing I will give the Hawks is that of all kind of the newer coaches in the NBA, you know, not the guys who like jump from one job to another, but of the guys who, uh, I'll say of all the, of the guys who I think got into new situations in the last, you know, six months or whatever, Quinn Snyder is probably the one who I trust the most to have like a very clear, very set, very identifiable way of how he wants to play. And now the generous way of reading it is tinkering with the roster to, build a team that Quinn wants particularly around Trey. But the kind of the more negative way of reading this is they they messed around for as long as they possibly could. And as a result, you know, they put themselves in this untenable situation where it's a guy that's not going to be a contributor for them and a second round draft pick coming back for someone they wanted to get a first round pick for six months ago, 12 months ago, 18 months ago, 24 months ago, etc. I just, I, it seems like they're kind of the anti- you know, people with the NFL, it was always, you know, the team that won when the quarterback was on the rookie contract. It's like this overused kind of maxim of roster building in that league. It feels like the Hawks are just in this perpetual situation where unless they win a championship when their great draft picks are on their rookie deals, then they just restart. And the minute they get even a little bit expensive, it just becomes a panic. And I actually feel like it was kind of a curse that they got Travis Schlenk there because he seems like a pretty good drafter even the guys in the I mean Collins was a 19th pick they picked yeah Jalen Johnson AJ Griffin all these guys I don't know if they're all going to be quite as good as Collins or maybe better maybe a little worse but they get good players every year and Yeka Kongwu and now it's like that's their curse because they're a cheap team and so now that it's just like restart before they ever even got off the ground and they had one conference finals appearance and everything else and now they're just back to square run one for no real reason other than uh, we just don't really want to have to pay to see what this team can be. We'll just, you know, roll it over, dump a salary, move on, keep it, keep it rolling. And it's like, I don't know. I'm not going to go as far as to say I'm like on Trey Young's side with a lot of this. That's, that's maybe a bridge too far to, to put all the blame on Atlanta, but it's weird. Um, on the jazz side, I feel like they just need a point guard. Now that's kind of where I went with Utah is like, they need a real point guard, not a Taylor Horton Tucker point guard, because this trade kind of makes it seem, Chris, like they 
want to compete at least more than they could have pivoted to tanking, getting even worse than last year. This seems like we're not going to be terrible. Look, I, I think that's true, but I think they also can't afford to be patient and hunt for the right one, right? Like, I, I think that that's the beauty of where they're at right now is that they don't need to force anything. They, like, Markkanen's still pretty young. You know, I, we'll see what happens with Clarkson if they give him money this, this offseason, assuming he opts out. We haven't heard, like, I don't think anything about that recently, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I think they can be very patient, and they have all this draft capital via Cleveland yeah, Minnesota, that they can then like trade for one, I think, if they really want someone specific. They don't need sure. to, I think, be holding to this frequency class. Just one last thing on the Hawks before we get done with this. The, it, they do have this massive trade exception now. Um, and Woj, in the story that he wrote about this, said that Landry Fields has the go-ahead to get it going to luxury tax. I will see that when I believe that. Curious to see just like what the... If the trade exception results in anything, um, to $25.3 million, that's not nothing as, as far as the trade exception goes if they want to seek something out. But I just, what, what they just have such a weird roster to consider all the wings they've drafted and succeeded, then they've paid. And then it's like, uh, okay, like, do you have to flip them? Or are you going to like flip DeAndre Hunter next? Like, what, what is the goal of kind of what they're looking for? I think is, is a very real question to me of, of what they actually would do with any of that as far as actually improving this roster like are you going to trade clint capella like what 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 are we what are we doing here as far as the atlanta roster goes and how much does this change in the next six months uh brendan real quick is there a reason uh you went to the reference of teams are most likely to succeed when they have a quarterback on a rookie contract thing any reason at all i feel like you uh have created a reason for me so i'll give it right back to you and you can let us know go cardinals baby yeah, go Cardinals. Uh, yeah, great last year of the rookie contract. We're we're doing great. <laughs> we're doing. I'm very great. excited for your. Uh, I don't know if you heard Kyler Grew. He's kid. he's over six feet tall now. Did you really? see that? We're about to do slop of the week. There's some NFL slop, which was somebody just decided <laughs> Kyler Murray grew. He's like as old as did me, get, but apparently, did, you know, it's never too late. Does he did did he get taller while sitting in a chair playing double XP Call of Duty weekends? Like, is that how you get taller? At, I think he did one age? of those surgeries, like the spine elongation, leg elongation. I don't know if you read that BuzzFeed article that went around a while back. Maybe I, Kyler you know, just tried that. I don't know if it's medically good for an NFL player ther- to pull something like cheap. that. Therapy, therapy is cheaper than those surgeries, by the he, way. I want to uh, be clear about that. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Gannon's been introducing himself to every player on the Cardinals by, like, grabbing <laughs> them and shaking them, and I guess that just, like, found an extra inch in Kyler or something. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what yeah. happened. It's like one of those, like, uh, adjustable things where it's, like, the little clicky hole, and it's like, oh, yeah, that, that's how you make it taller or shorter. That's, yeah, that's Kyler. Like, a, like legs, a tripod apparently. or, like, a tent. Yeah, just but Kyler. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right, let's move on to Nas Reed. I love that he got his money. I love this is a short deal for him as well because if he kicks butt for two years, he can opt out and go hit for A&C again in relatively short order. And I think the Wolves, Bill, kind of had to do this. I, I, he's Look, they have a lot of bigs. They have Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert making tons of money. Nas Reed is another big, but he was awesome last year. He really been a breakthrough for them. This is someone I absolutely, if I'm them, feel like I had to keep as I continue to build around Anthony Edwards going forward, this is someone that I, I think they absolutely had to get something done with him. And it's good for them that I think they got this done before he could even get out on the market officially. Yeah, because he definitely seems like the kind of guy who uh, could have attracted interest from somewhere else. I mean, I, big men with his 
feel, his skill set on offense, his ability to stretch the floor, his efficiency near the like he's, you know, he's not exactly prime. You know, counting his teammate, prime Rudy Gobert protecting the rim or anything like that. But he's a bigger dude. He competes. He is a good motor. Again, a really good offensive player. And he's someone who, if we, if it comes out in, you know, a week after that first weekend of free agency kind of settles down, and we learned that there was a team somewhere out there that was really hoping they'd be able to sit down in front of Naz Reed and promise him a bigger role, promise him some money, that sort of thing. That wouldn't surprise me because he project, you know, he projects out to be the kind of guy that you'd love to have on your basketball team if you have the best version of him. But at the same time, he's still so young. He is 23, turning 24 in August. He's going to hit the market again when he's, you know, 26, 27, what, you know, something like that in a few years. And he could be in line for a really big payday there. So I thought that was a great move for him. And I also think that like, now, in the event that the Minnesota Timberwolves decide we need to do something crazy and, you know, see if we can get something for Rudy somewhere, see if we can get something for Carl somewhere, whatever. You then have a guy in Nasri that knows your team, that knows your team, his teammates, that trust him, that sort of thing. So I really thought it was a good bit of business for Minnesota on a couple of different fronts. I always love the guys who kind of make that bet on themselves in terms of, he was interesting at LSU. I really liked him. Then it was always just sort of, oh, he's going to go back and he'll be a really high pick after his sophomore season. But he's like, no, I'm coming out. Then I think he's one of those guys that kind of crafted his pathway to, to actually kind of choose to go undrafted um, and then ends up now getting paid. And, and it's no surprise to me that he would kind of repay the team a little bit with, with somewhat of a discount. Although like Bill said, we don't know for sure what would have been out there, but it felt right. like there was going to be a market to take a little bit of a below market deal, but it's also a player option at the, at the end. And he's only 23 right now. So he's going to hit free agency again when he's potentially 25. Like you, you could still imagine him making plenty of money and you just look, this is a deal that came in a, a little bit over the mid-level exception. Who was going to pay him with cap space? Uh, of the teams that have cap space like OKC is kind of interesting Sacramento sure but you know was he any of those teams first choices of how to use their cap space probably not so I it's one of those that's a win-win but um as Jake Fisher kind of wrote in the piece on it today it's like there's a lot of ripple effects of any of the teams that had dreamt of him being their mid-level guy now they have to pivot and, and he was one of the only like good rotation bigs that could play both sides of the floor out there so now it's like you know, who's panicking and John Collins is gone too. Maybe he would have been somebody's kind of plan B. I am really curious to see like what this center market looks like beyond Nazari. Now there's kind of been some, there's been some reporting that like Pirtle's going to get like the 20 million he's looking for from Toronto, which kind of blows my mind a little bit. Um, we'll see where that ends up. I don't quite understand that price tag for Pirtle who I like, but is, I don't know if he's a $20 million player. Yeah, if you want to get like paid, Mason get Blum to Toronto. Yeah. Just end yeah, up gonna, on the yeah. Raptors and you will get money. I, I was going to say, everything that you said about why you're confused makes a lot more sense when you consider that it's the Toronto Raptors doing the business. True. It's true. But like Mason Plumley, is he the next best center on the market? Like is someone taking a flyer on Andre Drummond on like a minimum? Like what? where does the center market go for teams that are looking? Um, like, I, I, you know, in that Jake Fisher piece you mentioned, Jake hit me with the bell here. 
it mentioned that the Cavs had like interest in Nas Reed, and that that either means it was just like they like the talent, or it's like they clearly wanted another big to play both sides of the ball, and because they don't think Mobley's ready to play the five. You were never gonna. I don't think you ever really realistically gonna get Nas Reed on the MLE. It's why in there Fisher wrote that it was gonna be a sign and trade. There's not another center that can come close to being a guy who can help you right now, but also a, a long term play for you. There's no one else in the center crop that I think fits that mold at all. So yeah. like, does he Mason so Plumlee young. get over? Yeah. So like, does Mason Plumlee get like overpaid for one year to be this for a team? Does again, does a team talk themselves into Andre Drummond? Does a team look at Thomas Bryant and be like, that's the light version of Nas Reed, even though he didn't play for the Denver Nuggets who just won the title? Like, I think you could see some weird center stuff kind of rippling out of this as, as far as that market goes. Yeah, I think Brooke Lopez is probably the the one guy who who will have something of a market. He's on my list later for for matchmakers. Oh, me me too. Beautiful. Look at that. Too. It's like we do a Did, podcast together. Are, are we all going to have Brooke Lopez going to the same team? I, I don't um, think I will. Mine feels okay. like a little bit of a, okay. of a wild card. Okay. Mine's not in. Mine's not in Texas. Mine is. Mine's not. All right. Good. <laughs> Great. Bill does the, the Bill does the the uh, the the team you're mentioning is it happened to be owned by a restaurant magnate who once was on television being like kind of drunk talking about how his team needed Victor Wembanyama. That seems like a very specific question. I like was, NBA guess who as a segment idea though. Ooh, there we go. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, no, do. Well, last thing on with... this, Minnesota-wise, yeah. um, it's just, I, I, I don't want to trust that organization. I, they have not earned it. But Chris, is, Chris understands and knows my well-documented, somewhat defense of the Rudy Gobert trade. And I, I feel like they're actually building depth way better than any of us would have expected if you, if you quizzed the NBA fan base and media populace the day that the Gobert trade hit, would they be able to get depth? Everyone would have laughed in your face. And somehow, Torian Prince had a pretty decent season. Kyle Anderson had a career year. They traded for Mike Conley. Jaden McDaniels looks like a stud. And now they keep Nas Reed. That's like a whole rotation, you know? And and they're still maybe going to duck the tax. Maybe not. Maybe. Who cares? That's Alex Rodriguez's problem. But it's pretty nice the way they've been able to make some trades and, and switch D'Angelo Russell into something better. Keep Nas Reed now. The vets are playing well. I don't know. It, it's at least a competent team that makes me think Towns, it might make sense to keep him and just kind of roll this back. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's worth mentioning that you're, while you're right historically about the Timberwolves and their front office deserving, I'll, I'll say it, nothing but scorn. Uh, I, I think it's worth mentioning that the guy currently running the show, Tim Connolly, is a guy who has a really good history yeah. of being able to build uh, really good basketball teams, as evidenced by he did 80%, 80, 85, 90, whatever you want to say, percent of the work for the team that just won an NBA championship. Yeah. Yep. All right, slop of the week time. My f- Let's go. America's favorite segment. So, <laughs> I'm just going to say, I'm going to... So I'm just going to say the slop and then that I want to turn over the Bill. Intro to the segment, actually, we should clip yeah. that. And then Jake, like that Jake, should just be the thing that plays every week yeah. when we do this. Jake, this is so good. You know what to do. You need to, it needs to be include. This is so good in there as well, because this is, that needs to make the, how we transition out of it is this is so good. So Phil, Phil uh, Keith Pompey, I can't even talk because this has just broken my brain. Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer 
had a story out a couple days ago about how about the Tobias Harris trade market. Listed some of the teams interested. And then he gets into some of the offers and, and what Daryl is asking for. The theme of the story is that basically Daryl Morey is asking for obscene amounts of stuff in return for Tobias Harris. The Cleveland Cavaliers had interest. And his reported asking price was draft picks, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley. Who says no? Daryl Morey. Daryl <laughs> Morey, uh, you are a trade criminal is, is where I come out on this. Like, what in the world? I Look, I understand he needs to extract value out of Tobias Harris if he's going to trade him. But, like, that's not even being on planet Earth. That's, like, that's you're on the moon, my guy. Like, what? What? I have so many questions, Bill. What's up? Tell me about Tell me what you think about Daryl Morey no, needs to go to the Hague. Like, what prison for Daryl Morey? Oh, God. Uh, I, I love this. I'm sorry. This is so funny, dude. Like, there is no chance, no chance that Keith Pompey was told about this by anyone other than Daryl Morey. Like, that's my favorite thing here. Like, Daryl just throwing this out there. And honestly, there is... N- like, why not? Why not try to do this? Like, look at the cap. You look at the Cavs specifically, and, like, I don't know if there is a really sensible trade between the Cavs and the Sixers that gets Tobias to Cleveland and helps... Uh, helps the Sixers get stuff back that help them build out their roster to get to the point where they could be a team that wins a championship. Like there's what's that Daryl quote? Like if you have a, a 5% chance of uh, competing for a championship, you owe it to yourself to go for it. It's something along those lines. And I don't think trading Tobias for Chetty Osman, Dylan Windler, Lamar Stevens is going to help them compete help them get closer to a championship than just keeping Tobias. So what, just what, to, what about what if, what if you put Sam Merrill in that trade? Listen, now you're speaking my language. Uh, okay. But the thing is like, if you can't do something like that, why not, you know, treat this like a game of NBA 2K and just be like, all right, here's a trade. What do you guys think about that? And then you're told no. And you get the answer. You knew you were getting the entire time. I love this. I love everything about it. It is stupid. It is insane. And I am very, very glad that Keith Pompey learned about this. And as a result, we know about it. <laughs> Does Daryl Morey like basketball? That was just a question that came to my mind as I was reading this and just having like aggressive, desperate Daryl Morey back in the NBA universe. Like he took that job and he was kind of cruising. He got good, decent value on the Ben Simmons deal. He got his guy back. We thought he might hire uh, Bill's guy, Mike D'Antoni, and he didn't, but he might still someday. And now it feels like we're back to the, to the desperate version of Morey. And it just makes me wonder once again, does he like the sport? Does he, does he watch basketball games and smile or does he, does his brain just kind of process like, you know, those weird things you'll see at like the Sloan conference where it's like a screen of a basketball game, but then it'll just be populated with like percentages or feet between people or whatever. And it just kind of stresses you out slash exhausts you. I think that's actually just a camera implanted in Daryl Morey's head. That is how he sees the game. And I, I don't know if he likes it. And this trade just made me think he, he just he just hates everybody who's a part of it is what it feels like. As as Kyrie Irving said when he opted into his contract, his player option last year, 
Normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. And I think there is nothing uh, Daryl on this earth Daryl would like more than for that quote to apply to him. <laughs> yeah. The the other part about this that I found funny is subtext. We had Tobias Harris's father slash agent is out here talking about how he's not <laughs> utilized correctly by the yeah. Philadelphia 76ers and that his son's an assassin scorer. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm like, what? <laughs> like my brain, it's like, I understand, you know, you think I love your son. Tobias Harris is like a fine player, but it's like, He's talking about his son like he's like the number one scoring option on a title team. Well, and it's like, well, listen, back in 2010, Waka Flocka Flame tweeted that Tobias Harris is the next LeBron James. So it's not like this is the first time we've heard that. See, Bill, this is this is why we have we had you come on, Thank because you. no one else I know would have pulled a Waka Flocka Flame Tobias Harris tweet out. I, I don't think I am capable of forgetting it. <laughs> OK, uh. Unless you guys want to just shit on this more. Um, Tobias Harris destination. Can I just ask one thing about this? If you're one of these other GMs or president of basketball operations or like an agent that gets wind of this, how do you like, I want like a, like a, like a, you know, those like YouTube compilations of people like in movie when they're in the movie theater and they see like a certain scene and it's like the fan reactions. I want that, but just like, NBA GM's on the phone with Daryl Moore when he's like, hey, uh, can I have Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero for Tobias Harris? It sounds no? like they're all okay, completely I just... exhausted of the dude. If you listen to like what what the insider types who who are are basically our fill-in for the YouTube reaction compilations, they're just yeah. like everyone rolls their eyes at Daryl anytime he calls because they know it's going to be this bullshit. All right, so instead of what I'm suggesting, Variety has this thing called Actors on Actors where they have actors like talk to each other about roles they're in. I want GM on GM, and it's like Pat Riley talking to Daryl Morey where they're supposed to like feign like respect for each other, but like 10 minutes in, you just know Pat's like... I, I think Pat Riley is the wrong person to do that with because I don't know if he's capable of faking anything. So, like if he could fake respecting him. So who's, who's the right person? Palinka? Former sure. agent Rob Polinka. I I, th- I think Polinka would be fun for this. I was gonna say Polinka uh, would have some fine. fun story about dare, like some parable or something yeah. from Aesop's Fables that would work here. I was gonna say if it's Riley, I just want Riley and Ainge. I mean that's that's the one. Yeah. I mean like legitimate blood feud types of stuff. Um, no. So the only the only Tobias destination that I could find because we all knew that there was gonna be some again, desperation when it came to Tobias Harris. He is the thing standing between the Sixers and any sort of cap flexibility. The Knicks? But the deal, the deal is is disgusting. So I want you guys to cover your faces or, or whatever. I mean, it basically has to be some combination of Randall and something. And when you watch the Sixers in the playoffs... I don't know if you thought, can we get a guy, what, another guy in there who moves the ball less than what we have? I don't know if that was quite the fix that, you know, basketball sh- hater Daryl Morey would have had in mind. I'm sure Joel Embiid would love playing with uh, Julius Randle. I'm sure he would just have a great time. That, would, that, team, that team would set an NBA record for the most guys bumping into each other. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey would just be going so fast that he might like run into Julius Randle, who's just like standing there, like like jabs, like it 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 just would not work. Yeah, it, I mean, if if you could get quickly out of it, could I sell you guys on it? If the Sixers could get quickly and then they just have Randle, and it is what it is with Randle, maybe they just say you're coming off the bench, brother. And no, I don't think that. I I just don't think it's possible. But that's the problem with the Knicks is 
any trade has to have Randall in it. Basically. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, more on that later. Great. Good wow. tease for me. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go to matchmaker. NBA free agency is basically here. So we're going to put some guys there. It could be free agents. It could be trades. We each have three. I believe, and I, I have one that I that I couldn't get to. Um, I'm going to do my, my big one first because this is the thing that annoys me the most. I'm getting Damian Lillard out of Portland. I'm just, like, tired of hearing every Dame update. I am tired of this dragging on. So let's get Dame to Miami. Let's just do it. The trade that I have here that works that I don't think realistically Portland would do because I think they would want Hero even though like they have a lot of guards, so I'm not exactly sure why they would totally need Hero, but that's that's a different conversation. Dame to Miami, Lowry's expiring, Oladipo's expiring, Jovic and three unprotected firsts. They can go into... Portland gets to go to Henderson and Simons and Sharp, and we get Dame, Butler, and Bam. We get a, we get a real interesting team in the East. Dame can, can claim that like he didn't go to a super team because like it's not like all NBA guys or whatever. I just want if if I just want Dame to either move on right now or I don't want to ever hear about this again the rest of his career. It's 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 time to shit or get off the pot as far as Damon Lillard being in Portland goes to me. Bill, you made a noise. I'm gonna let you take us away here. Yeah, my thing is that you know I mentioned this back when we were talking about the Jazz and them getting John Collins. When you say not including Hero in this, I think that Portland is one of those teams that. If you're getting rid of Dame, you have to be in asset accumulation mode. You have yes. to be trying to get as much stuff back as you possibly can. And of course, th- this situation is unique because in in the event they were to trade Damian Lillard, I don't think they would. I don't think they would go full bid war. Everyone has to give us the most that you possibly can, and then we take the most out of it. They, they'd want to do right by him. Having said that, I think that they would have to take Hero back. They would have to get him. If only so they can then have another guy who they could potentially trade. Like if they get if they get Hero back and he averages 24 a game on a team that nobody watches, suddenly he has a ton of trade value coming off of that. And then you can turn him into other things as you build around uh Simons, Sharp, and Scoot. Uh just now realizing the alliteration there. That's the, uh, I hope their marketing department has fun with that. So I like, I would probably, that that's really my only complaint here, but otherwise like, you know, I, I don't think I'd have a problem with uh, not hearing about how committed Dame and the Blazers are to one another ever again. Did you know Nikola Jovic was born in, in the UK? He's Serbian. No, Le- he, was, he was born in Leicester. He was from Leicester, right? Yeah. yeah. I, okay. Up the foxes, baby. I guess that was. Is he? I, guess I wonder. How, is he excited about Harry Winks? One wonders. He has never made One threes wonders. in his whole life, so uh, I have a hard time believing in that guy. I um, I know nothing about his game, but I, I did do a deep dive there for a moment to see. Hey, could they could they convince themselves he's a shooter? I do like the idea of Kyle Lowry being the salary in some ways, Chris, just to play devil's advocate on your behalf, because I do think he's the kind of guy if he goes to Portland. That would probably be chill, making a lot of money and being a good influence on a bunch of young guards and also playing a style that they don't really have to, you know, compete with. Or he gets put on the Al Horford, Oklahoma City Thunder rehabilitation plan and he like can go some, he can get bought out in a couple months and 
play for the Lakers or the last year that whomever? buyouts ever matter. And Kyle Lowry can be the crown jewel um, of those. I look, I, I think Bill is right. I think hero has to be in this deal. Yeah. If this is going to happen, I don't think there's any way around that. I think my, my thought process is just, I think, but I don't, I think hero plus Simons plus scoot, plus sharp is just like a, there's there's to me there's a lot of overlap and if you're starting sure. from there and yes you're going to be bad that's the point but i kind of i even though i would bet on those miami picks not being like the greatest thing in the world just because that's miami just doesn't ever get to that place necessarily they usually figure stuff out i might just kind of want the extra picks just because time at some point jimmy's a little bit older how long is pat riley going to actually stay in charge there does that forever he steps down it yeah, he'll be 105 and just going for rings. And I, I would respect that if that's the case. He is wired a certain way, obviously. I just wonder if like the extra picks might just be theoretically more appealing than just because like I would want Simons and Sharp and Henderson to just get the reps and Hero would take away some of that oxygen. And then like I, Simons and Hero on the same roster just seems like a lot of redundancy to me. Even on a bad team, I would kind of just want to set up Henderson and Sharp to build positive habits and like Simon's plus hero is just, I feel like might make that a little bit harder is but that might just be me. Is there a third team that would give up picks for hero? Could you make it a three team deal that <laughs> that hero goes somewhere else? And then a, a team that maybe could, just needs some scoring, but has some salary to throw out could just take hero. I should have thought of that, but I'm yeah. sure you could find one. I, I don't Knicks think hero mind again. Cause apparently I'm obsessed with them. But there's only so many teams yeah, that I mean, can take Hero and what he does, and and the Heat are one of them. That's part of the issue here. Yeah. I mean, could you see maybe Charlotte? Just him and Lamelo. Like it's a lot of scoring, not a lot of defense. But like the Pelicans it's, it's came buckets. to mind as another one. Yeah, I like the Pelicans. Who could kind option. of fit in? They needed a little bit more ball handling and shooting, and they have a lot of young guys that they could just throw to Portland and some salaries. Could you, you know, uh, the, I guess the, the fact like the fact he's a He's about to start like year one of a four year deal that's 27, 29, 31, 33 as the cap is going up. Like there's a lot of value in that. You know, I think you're inherently going to try and think of like the good teams that could use a guy like him. But if you're if you're a team like Orlando and you want to add a little scoring punch on the perimeter, he's not a bad guy to take a swing on if you want to try to accelerate your timetable a little bit. Sure, throw the we, Isaac uh, salary, we, and he can just get cut by Portland, and then yeah. Can we can we some can we somehow sneak Jalen Suggs to Miami if we're going to do this? Sure. Oh, God, I I I still have all my Jalen Suggs stock. We do. Too. I, so do I. You're in know, good company. Do not plan yeah. on getting rid of that anytime. Yeah, I'm not either. That guy is at the very least like an incredibly rugged guard defender, and I just like trust the work ethic. Like he he is not going to be one of like the best three guys in that class. But I, if he gets squeezed out of Orlando, I would be pouncing on him as like a second contract guy if I was another team in in need of guards, uh, particularly de- a defensive minded guard. Did either of you have anything else with, with Dame? I did not. Okay. See, I thought this is where we might get some overlap, just because he is the the big th- he is like the big beacon of shit happening right now and it makes sense we're to the it's point with game where it's going to be relief when it happens versus interest and i hate that that's where we are but it is i i and look i i i we got i think i i lost my peak interest in this when people started caring about if will smith's my like that song was playing in the club behind him that I'm like, was what are we funny th- 
I'm sorry. I know. I I know, but it's but it's little, like when the, when people are dissecting it like Zep is a Pruder film. I'm just a little like, okay, like have we have you gotten like and then it's like every day we're getting updates and statements yeah. and I'm just like Fun fun just, thing on the Miami uh song playing. Uh that happened while uh you and I were at the Boy Genius concert, Chris. And then I got home and I was really tired and I went Oh God, that's way too funny. I should probably blog it. So I blogged it and then I went to bed. Bill, what song would be playing in the club for you if you were in a passive aggressive trade, non-trade standoff with your with your uh employer? If that you were gonna be like, hey, Robbie and Martin trade me, like what song's playing in the background? Uh Not Strong Enough by Boy Genius. Good. I would have went salt <laughs> in the wound, just to be really sad. Just really sad. Just salt in the wound. All right, can I go next? Yeah. Yeah, let's okay. go, Brennan. So to, well, to pick- can, I, can I suggest one thing? Can I suggest one thing? Yes. If yes. The name you want to say here is Brooke Lopez. Skip that for now, and then we will all do Brooke Lopez yeah. time another time, a okay. little yeah. bit later. Then I will do my, my big one. We'll just, we'll just go to our biggest ones. Cool. Carl Anthony Towns. As much as I just said, it might be time to keep him and just try to roll it back because they actually have some depth. Cat and Torian Prince to the Clippers for Paul George. And maybe the Clippers actually have to send something. I don't really know. Or maybe the Wolves have to send more. I actually would be open to input from you too. But I think the Clippers get to make their expensive person younger and Mm -hmm. bigger. The Wolves get at least one more year of a player who fits awesomely with what would become their two best players in, in Ant and Gobert. I think the only reason that I'm hesitant on it from Minnesota's standpoint is you could just lose Paul George in a year and then the cat asset becomes nada. That's a that's a huge risk. So there would have to be some back channeling of convincing Paul George, who seems to love the LA lifestyle, to come to the Midwest again. Or yeah, again, Indiana. So yeah, would uh would happens, would, pod, would would podcast P still, you know, be the same in Minneapolis? The bucket studios are in LA, so I don't know if it I don't know if it works. Might have to be a remote pod, some Zoom, you know, different situation. Could he be the king of would he be the king of St. Cloud is like a real question I I would have. But you know. So I I like this in theory because I I think it feels like the clip there's something people keep like talking and writing about the Clippers like there's nothing going on, but there's clearly like some going on, and it's probably centered around PG and Kawhi's extensions, would would kind of be because Zach Lowe has, has said that and put it explicitly out there, but and like the, clearly the Clippers are not in a position to not be good. Like we keep heard a bajillion times about the stadium coming, and like I don't think that's in Balmer's DNA to like take a huge step back. They don't like they're still pick fallout and stuff. The question I think, Brennan, I, that I think you hit on that is right is the the cat asset part of this because the Wolves, if they're going to deal them, have to get something back that's going to last them to build around Ant. And I wonder if there would be hesitation that Paul George is that at his age with his injury history and with having to pay him a bunch of money. What if that, the Wolves, that's where I think that gets dicey. What if the Wolves just said, We're, we'll be the team to give you the big extension that the Clippers won't? We'll give you four or five years. I think it would just be four at the max that you want. Yeah, Our team would already have been expensive because we already had that money committed to Cat. So if the Clippers won't pay you, we will. That might be the way to get him. And it's like, I hate Minnesota. I can ask out in two years if I don't want it, but at least they'll give me the money. Yeah. I don't think that's unreasonable to 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 do if you're if you're Minnesota, honestly. I'm also just a cat skeptic to some degree. Like really good shooter. 
up and down in the playoffs. Just, I, he's kind of in prove it territory, which is kind of crazy to say considering how much money he's he's already making. Yeah, it's it's this it's a weird one because in theory, I completely agree that finding a new home for Paul George and finding a new home for Cat are like two things that feel like they should be possible. But I look at it from two perspectives, and it's why I question. I wonder if they'd be for one another. One is that Paul George, like you mentioned, his contract and his injury history. Uh, with the last couple of years, 56 games, 31 games, 54 games, 48 games, just hasn't been able to stay on the floor in Los Angeles. And maybe you're able to convince yourself it's not as big of a deal as Kawhi's injury issues, because for him, you know, this, this is something that Zach Lowe mentioned, but like it's he hurts this and then he hurts this somewhere else in his body and then he hurts that. And it's just like seems like rotten luck. But I don't know if that's a bet that a team like Minnesota, I, I love the cat fit in Los Angeles. I think he'd be an awesome, awesome fit there. And I think his, uh, hit the, the fact that, uh, you know, he's kind of prone to kind of prone to disappear, uh, disappointing in the playoffs is mitigated a bit by the fact that Kawhi is just such a playoff killer. But I think it, the other side of it is if the Timberwolves, because the Timberwolves went all in on Rudy Gobert with the thought that Ant is our guy and we have one chip that we could cash and it is Carl Anthony Towns. If we have mm-hmm. to shake this up, it has to be Carl Anthony Towns. And are you shaking it up? Are you cashing in that cat chip to get Paul George who could potentially walk after you? So I like the idea in theory. If you could promise me that Paul George going to Minnesota would immediately be followed up by Paul George signing an extension. And, you know, they kind of just live with the fact that the last year of that might go, Ooh, I don't know about that. I'd be a bit more, I'd be on board with it, but I have just a little bit of skepticism about this one. I just love the idea of Anton and PG. I think yeah, those two guys, you, you, you can have a Conley as your ball handler. You can have no, no point guard mm-hmm. as your ball handler and be okay. Um, I really like it as a basketball trade. I agree with you guys that as a cap real reality, real world trade, there are some some question marks. But um, yeah. it's going to be fascinating to see how these huge salaries flip around. I mean, we already saw what happened with Beal. We just talked about Dame. There's a lot of them, and it's just like it feels like it's going to be the Wall Westbrook Chris Paul triumvirate repeated, where they're all just going to get traded for one another. And so it wouldn't surprise me if we got at least one of those this offseason or next offseason, but we'll see who it ends up being. What's your first one, Bill? The, the other thing... Oh, no, go ahead. Well, real, yeah, go, last, go ahead. last thing I'll say about the Paul George thing yeah. is that if you're betting on accelerating the Anthony Edwards timeline, that also should be part of your calculus here. And Ant and Paul George and Jaden McDaniels as like a big wing tree of two through four yes, would whip. That would absolutely whip. And like honestly, that might be okay for Gobert too. It might make his role really simple. It would make his offensive role not exactly what it was in Utah because like it's just a different circumstance and and Ant's di- like a little different than Mitchell and things. But I-, I wouldn't hate that. The more I've thought about this, Brennan, the more I like the more I like it. It's yeah. hilarious to me again to be on the defense of the Gobert deal uh, that his contract is just not terrible anymore. When you really look yeah. at at how much he's making compared to literally Towns, who's going to make sixty million dollars. By the end of that, he's only making 41, Gobert. You know, Beal, Lillard, Towns, the 
George extension we were just talking about. Like this stuff's going to get insane. Uh, you know, Booker's on a supermax. Durant, those guys in Phoenix, like Gobert's money is 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 totally doable. Um, yeah, I'm 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 curious. They have Towns on on. This is the last year of his 36, which is a part of why you're I think seeing a lot more rumors around him than than the previous year. Although obviously it was only last year the Gobert trade happened, but next off season he becomes 50, and that's a lot harder to trade. So if they're going to do something, it makes sense to try it right now. So my first Bill, what's one, your first? Yeah. I, I, I didn't have any trades in here for a reason that I will explain at the end of this segment that is really bad. Uh, but uh, the first team that I went to was the Sacramento Kings. And after they moved Rashawn Holmes, they have about $35 million in cap space. I believe I've seen from the estimates that they can go out and do something. And it seems like they want their big thing is they want to improve on Harrison Barnes, a player who's been really good for them, struggled a bit in the playoffs, uh, has been a really steady veteran hand, but they see a situation where they could potentially upgrade there. And obviously the money they uh, might want to give DeMontis Sabonis is a bit hanging over this. So they've been linked to Draymond Green. I would be shocked in words. I Shocked in a way that I cannot put into words if they actually were able to get Draymond Green out of Golden State. I don't think the Warriors are uh, nearly foolish enough to let him walk. So I put two guys down. One is uh, a restricted free agent, someone who I think would be a little bit more gettable, someone who I actually put him down and then Zach Lowe mentioned him potentially going there um, on his most recent podcast. And that's Grant Williams. He's a guy who I think could slide into that, uh, slide into that Harrison Barnes role. He's a little bit younger, a little bit more on the Kings timeline. He's a bit of a risk uh, in that, you know, we saw him fall out of the rotation in Boston uh, for a spell last year for one reason or another. But he's a guy who I think he, what he has done for Boston can scale up uh, and I think could scale up in a way that would be really beneficial on the Kings, especially in that offense with how smart he is with his ability as a shooter. And then the big swing guy I want to see them go for. And I have no idea if there's a way they can make this work financially. I have no idea if he would be interested in anything other than getting the bag from his current team. And that is Jeremy Grant. I would love it if they could go after a guy like him, you know, potentially, you know, maybe we'll see uh, two days into free agency. He hasn't put pen to paper because he also wants to see what's happening with Damian Lillard. And maybe that happens. Maybe Dame decides, I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, I'm going to leave. And Jeremy goes, well, I don't want to be kind of just floating around aimlessly. I want to go to a team in a little bit better of a situation. And I would love to see the Kings take a swing on a guy who averaged 20 a game last year, shot 40% from three, has, you know, really good length, is able to impact games at the defensive end of the floor when he's really engaged over there. So, I don't know if that one's possible. Of those two, Grant Williams makes a lot more sense to me, but I just had that idea popped in my head. I was like, oh God, I would actually really like to see Jeremy Grant alongside De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, and everyone else they have out there in uh, in Sacramento. Chris, are you a Jeremy Grant guy? I don't think we've really talked much about him. I think he is fine. I think it is interesting how he has, how like Aaron Gordon kind of like slid into his role and more willingly ate it up because it, it's... It, he yeah. he clearly wanted something bigger for himself and he chased that and there's nothing wrong with that but it's kind of curious to me what he wants and what 
he is chasing and like what he's willing to sacrifice or not sacrifice. Because there was all this stuff. It's like, I want to be a lead option. I want to be a number one guy. He's actually also on my list. Mm. Jeremy Grant is on my list here. And, and one that I think you guys might shoot down. But I'm, I, I'm curious to see like what he wants at this one. Because this is his last time to cash in. Does he want to just like get a lot of shots up and do that? Does he want to go to a situation where he can be part of something bigger and and kind of go back into a situation he was like in Denver? The Kings to me would, would be would be that right? Like he would be really added to them. He'd be a better player than Barnes in that spot. I really like that fit. I like Grant or him for 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 Sacramento. I like Grant if he can go somewhere where he's. If we're gonna get a Grant that's willing to go into a spot, I should specify Jeremy Grant, not Grant Williams. If, if he's going to go somewhere where he's going to kind of fit in what he's kind of developed into into a bigger context, I love him. If he just wants to be like, give me lots of money and make a lot of shots guy, I respect that. But I also just like want want more for you in terms of what you're going to accomplish. The the big thing with him, I think, looking at kind of the track record, because he's, he's had like three different careers, or at least he's yeah. been three different types of player, I'll say. Last year, obviously, he made a bunch of his threes, and that's the big reason that his efficiency went up. But he's never really been a high turnover player, and and that's good for somebody who has upped his usage and hasn't necessarily sacrificed that part of his game. But he started getting to the free throw line more the past few years, and that's been like since he went to Detroit, he's gotten to the line more, and he's a good free throw shooter. And so it kind of gives me the impression that like, maybe there is like a little bit more of an old man game, Jeremy Grant, that that could adapt to a different situation and, and be a little bit of a combination of, of, of the Oklahoma City slash Denver version and the more recent version. Um, I don't think he's as overpowering as an Aaron Gordon. And I know you're just throwing that out there because of the Denver comp, Chris. I know you don't, you're not saying that they're the same player, but that's the yeah, tough part not, about yeah. him is it's like, he's not really a four, but... He's also not like an a-, a great athletic three. He's always been this kind of tweener, and I think that part of he's never really figured that out. And so, I don't really know what I want next to Demontis Sabonis. I think that's a good question. Um, I probably want somebody a little more defensively impactful because um, I really like Keegan Murray, and I think he's somebody that can be a a, a, th- a shooter, attack closeout guy. He has good size, but he's actually decently nimble. So I think he can kind of be some of what Jeremy Grant is. I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a good question, especially as they're about to extend Sabonis, um, is just sort of what, what do you want? So if I was going to do the Grant deal, I guess what I'm saying here is I would do it for a shorter two years or something sure. just to bridge the gap to, okay, what is what does Murray actually look like? What's Davion Mitchell? What are these other guys, you know? Yeah, and that, w- that was the major reason why I, like, split it between Jeremy Grant and Grant Williams because I think – if you're trying to uh, take, if you're basically hoping that you're, you're concerned about Jeremy Grant da- kind of downsizing his role, his impact, that sort of thing, I get it. And I think Grant Williams is a guy who can be a Harrison Barnes type for them. But I just think this the Kings off of last season really have an opportunity to build while also acknowledging, and again, this is something that I was going to say, and then Zach Lowe said it, so I feel... Uh, so I feel like I am copying him a bit, but like, it's not, they went 48 and 34 last year. They were a great, great team during the regular season. At the same time, you look at the teams who are directly behind them. Would we be stunned 
if the Suns, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers, and then one more team from down in that morass uh, from eight down in the Western Conference find a way to be better than the Kings next year through health, through consistency, whatever, I'd be a little surprised, but I wouldn't be completely shocked. So I think it's an opportunity for them to get some reinforcements and be able to build off of what they were able to accomplish last season while also going, all right, DeMontis, here's the money that you obviously deserve. Bill, let me, let me ask you one follow-up to this. Why Grant Williams or Jeremy Grant over, let's say, Cal Kuzma for the Kings? Well, I think, and Jeremy Grant does kind of throw this out of whack. I think Kyle Kuzma is a just such an offensive-minded guy. And he's a very, he, like, I, I think what he's done in recent years, I think he actually doesn't get the credit that he deserves because I think everyone, I, I think he kind of had a reputation of being a guy who kind of was just there on those Lakers teams. When I think the last, he's a guy who has been willing to accept roles. So he certainly is a guy who could fit in there. But yeah, I, I suppose you can lump him in there if you view him uh, as a guy who could fit there uh maybe you just want someone who's a little bit more uh willing to accept a smaller role than potentially kuzma once but also for all we know the wizards are going to offer him a max contract because the washington wizards don't make any sense so who the hell knows chris i see your jeremy grant thing i'll just throw real quick on grant williams um if we're just talking mid-level for the most likely i know the kings have cap space but um my interesting one for for Grant Williams was Memphis. Mm. I thought that would be kind of fun, um, especially if they eventually get closer and closer to Jaron being more of a center. Then Grant can kind of be the, a, a good four man option in a in a lineup like that. But he also could play, you know, the three at times. I suppose next to Jaron and Adams, like he's just a versatile piece for them. Shoots the ball, just kind of fits what they are as a team and is young. So I, I yeah. like that one, but I don't really know what Memphis is going to do. The the smart thing obviously throws some things um, off kilter. Also, maybe Marcus Smart and Grant Williams have beef we don't we don't uh, we don't know about. Uh, I would just say I'm good to Grant Williams' point. I I think any good team could use Grant Williams. Yeah. Scales up, can shoot, isn't afraid of going at people. Like I understand people made fun of him because of the Jimmy Butler stuff. I kind of like that he did that. I like that he has that in him. It seemed like most Celtics like, fans were actually kind of like thank thank God Grant actually gives a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every every. Yeah. Every guy on the Celtics, other than Grant and, you know, then you have your Marcus Smarts and your uh, Al Horfords of the world who were just kind of wired like this. They were just like moping around. They legitimately seemed like they were convinced things were done. And obviously they were able to rally back. But like there is something to we just got our ass kicked, but we have to stay the course that, you know, you want a guy, especially a guy like Grant, who you're going to sick on the other team's best player and say, we need you to battle against him on the defensive end of the floor. You want, you want to have a guy who's kind of wired that way. Yeah. Like if the, if the Kings got the Warriors again next year, let's say, or they played the Lakers or they played the Nuggets, like he's going to mix it up in those series. Yeah. And you're going to need, you're going to need some of that defensively, particularly if Sabonis, I mean, Sabonis is going to be their five. You need someone like Grant Williams, I think to supplement that. And look, Kuzma, on that point, I, I wouldn't shock me if he ended up in Sacramento, but we haven't seen him be that defensive kind of guy since he left the Lakers. I have a Kuzma one. And like, so, Ooh. okay. Well, we'll get to Kuzma. Okay. All right. Here, here's my Jeremy Grant one. We don't need to spend a lot of time on this one because I think it's maybe a little bit dumb, but uh, I just, it popped into my head. I want to do something with him 
If I was going to say we're getting rid of Dame, I wanted to do something with Jeremy Grant. So that's the origin of this. Three-team trade here. Jeremy Grant gets signed and traded to the Knicks. OB Toppin and a 2024 second via the Pistons goes to Portland. And then Evan Fournier and a 2025 second get dumped to San Antonio. So Vic... We're calling, we call Victor Wembanyama Vic here, not Wemby. Yeah, we do Vic. It's a Brendan Edick calling him Vic, so he sounds like an adult. Also, uh, real uh, quick, just while we're on this topic, he's yeah. 7'3", also an edict. He said it at that kids' event, and everyone wants, like, sometimes I swear the next time I turn on the TV, we're going to be calling Victor Wembanyama 8'2". Like, he's 7'3". It's okay. That's also still very tall, but he's not 7'5". He's not 7'4". He told us how tall he is. We don't need to do it for the content. He is seven foot three. But so that's have, another did, edict. Did he have shoes on? But, did, did he have shoes on when he said that? Okay. I'm just gonna trust just, what just he told questions. us. I don't know if he meant shoes or not. But he's a grown up. He can tell us his own height. That's true. He yeah. seems like a like kind of like a um, little more old soul. solid for his age. Yeah. So so look, the San Antonio part of this, you get a Frenchman to play with Vic, you get a second, whatever. You have to spend the money on something anyway. Knicks need to dump Fournier in, in the worst way just to kind of clear up some money and clear up some roster stuff. Toppin, Blazers take a flyer in him. I, I like kind of what Toppin is. I think he should probably play a little bit more. I think he get a chance to spread his wings in Portland. And for the Knicks, the Jeremy Grant thing, there would be some overlap positionally with Randall. I think there would be some weirdness there. But I think they can play together. I think him as a three, as some shooting, would give them a lot of size, two through four, and, and with, the, with the back line of Robinson... You get longer on the wing, which I think would be good. And then you go Brunson, Barrett, Grant, Randall, Robinson as your five with Hart, quickly Grimes, and Hartenstein off the bench. That's just like a solid team. It's not the big star needle-moving trade I think the Knicks are kind of searching for that I think the fan base is probably searching for. But I just I just kind of like the idea of Jeremy Grant there. Um, and that makes that Knicks team just a really solid, really competitive team. And I, I think Grant, Grant would do well there, even if I think the him and Randall thing would be a little weird there to kind of navigate. That would be a challenge for Tibbs to kind of navigate. It's that, and it's also the, the, the star swing that you're talking about. I think it, it's just, I, I can't imagine the Knicks convincing themselves into this being the move. But on the other hand, it, it's not like it's cost. They're not giving up their, 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 yeah. their best chips, no. right? So it's sort of everything. Just uh, yeah. Continue to be, re- just- continue to be respectable, continue to get a little better on the, on the margins of your team. And honestly, the part of it that intrigues me that's a different kind of bigger conversation is both Quickly and Toppin are extension eligible this summer. And so just sort of do they want to be the ones to give out those extensions? What number do those come in at? And then, you know, the Knicks are getting to the point where the theoretical trade starts to become a little closer to reality when the numbers aren't. And then those young guys, it's more like the young guy that cost this much, the young guy that cost this much. Did we overpay? Did we underpay? They had it with Barrett last summer, and these these two will be another one. So maybe there is a little bit of value to roll that over a little bit, get something different, and then you know maybe it is a, a player like Grant. Maybe it's actually get a little younger, get picks for those guys. I don't know. What do you think, Bill? And yeah, yeah, you can flip them again. I, I was gonna say I like the idea of Obi Top and going somewhere new. I think that's kind of the kind of the big thing here is I just want to see that guy who uh, he hasn't gotten nearly enough opportunities. I think in New York, he's always been a really fun player when he's gotten onto the floor. And I think having him be part of what would end up being a youth movement in Portland 
in this situation would be I, I'd really like that. I think Grant is Grant is just a guy who can get his. And I think we saw with the Knicks, they just kind of lack enough guys who can go out and get theirs. It's like Randall is just such an up and down player. Barrett is such an up and down player that you're banking on Jalen Brunson and then you're just hoping you can cobble together something with the rest. So the fact that they're not really giving up a ton of stuff, it's picks, it's getting off a of Fournier's deal and giving Vic a, a French guy to like go to restaurants to. I don't know what French be. Smoke long, thin cigarettes together. And like top in to get a guy who can bolster bolster a thing that you need without diving in. And this is the big thing here without diving into your real valuable uh, collection of draft capital, without having to move a Quentin Grimes and Emmanuel quickly, a Mitchell Robinson type of dude. I, I like, I like the, uh, the framework of that deal. You know why I also like this, Chris, the more that I think about it is it gives them the pivot away from Randall eventually. If eventually mm. they do find yeah. a deal where Randall goes out, then you have kind of that secondary scorer Maybe some of these young guys evolve into becoming that, but you're not restarting if you end up moving Randall or lacking depth. You kind of then you have your your sort of replacement for him. Plus, if you sign him, if you sign Graham for the right contract, maybe he's movable down the line. You're not you're not ruining your flexibility necessarily. Um, also, the top end thing, some of the lineups from an athleticism standpoint that they could throw out there if uh, if Toppin ended up in Portland of, you know, Scoot, Sharp, Simons, Toppin, and hopefully somebody that's not Drew Eubanks or Yusuf Nurkic so that my dreams could come true. They just need some sort of athletic center and I'll, I'll be good to go. I would watch that and team. Get them a coach. Get them a coach who just will let them fly. Get me get me like their version of Will Hardy and we're, sure. we're cooking in Portland. I have a Cavs one. Are we ready to pivot to our next? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. No, oh boy. I, I like to, it's well, not Jared Allen. So it's I did pretty ask- tame. Okay, so Evan Mobley and yes. a second rounder for Tobias Harris. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Evan Mobley for uh, Paul Reed. That's what I. That's Ooh. what I dreamt. Bebopa. Okay, no, it's uh, it's it's a it's a mid level, and it's Max Struess. Love it. I just want this really Love bad. It. I just I want the Cavs to have a a cape. I want them to have five total basketball players. <laughs> so this gets us closer to that dream. And I want, I want them to have a guy who can play in the playoffs. And I think with the mid-level, there's not a lot of those. You're not getting Cam Johnson. Maybe you're getting Grant Williams. I don't know if he's really a three, especially with how big your team already I, is. So probably not a good. I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Grant's, I think Grant's above the mid-level, like pretty comfortably. Sure. Maybe he is. So then that's not an option either. Um, so I like kind of slotting in somebody who we know has played in the playoffs. I think his defense is exploitable but playable and who is totally chill to just stand there and shoot but also if he needs to attack a closeout and play smart and, and keep the ball moving be actually involved in an offense if if they do that offense sometimes they didn't in the postseason then he can do that too so i just i, I don't know if you're getting him from miami for for just the mid-level but if he's available if he wants to to play in cleveland Maybe if there's a, a bigger trade in, in Miami that would put him down a few rungs from a salary or role standpoint, then I would be that that would be plan one AAA for me if I'm Cleveland. 
my next one was going to be Max Struess to the Pistons. Oh, I like I like that fit for for the Pistons too. Yeah. They're trying to elevate it. I so that's, and that's also like a twist on the obvious. Throw all the money in the world that Cam Johnson yeah. to reunite him with Monty Williams. Yeah, and it it involved. Th- this is basically the fact that the Pistons can go to a slightly different place uh, than than the Cavs can. I believe they they could sign him into cap space, but yeah. I love the I love him on the Cavs. I, the only reason I didn't think uh, about them is because I thought a team like Detroit could potentially come in and give him a bit of money and they could really, really use his skill set around that group of Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Osar Thompson, and Jalen Duran. It makes a guy like Bogdan Bogdanovich extendable. And or Bojan Bogdanovich, apologies. He becomes a little bit more expendable. You can go out there, see if you can get something out of him from a team that's a little bit more desperate to win right now and it's not like Bogdanovich was doing this incredible lifting up of Detroit's offense last year anyway I mean, obviously Monty Williams is in Dwayne Casey is out but last year they were 22nd in three-point field goal percentage 29th in points per game 28th in offensive rating uh, 27th in effective field goal percentage and all of this comes with here were their top three-point shooters last year Rodney Magruder who is an unrestricted free agent, Alec Burks, who is a team option. They're likely to pick it up Bogdanovich and Corey Joseph, who is an unrestricted free agent. This is just a team that really needs shooting really needs a guy who can help juice their offense and add some dynamism on the perimeter around three guys in Cunningham in Ivy and in Thompson, particularly who just don't really have that in their locker right now. So I was thinking Struess to Detroit, but Struess to Cleveland would be awesome. He would be such a good fit in Cleveland that I'm kind of mad I didn't think about that one. So one thing on this to, to again, play devil's advocate a little bit on my own point here. Struess is a guy who's made like nothing in the NBA money-wise. So I would not hate it for him to go where the best offer is if the playing time is similar and it's a team that's at least trying to win. He's 27 already, so if he's looking for a three, four-year deal, it could be the only one. You know, if I'm him, I'm looking at it as, yeah, this this might be my chance, and I'm coming off a finals appearance where I played pretty awesome for a lot of that playoffs until, you know, the finals, he was pretty cold. Um, I think we might as well just talk about Cam Johnson briefly because you brought it up, Chris. Sure. Mm-hmm. I would be very nervous. I know we were talking about Paul George and how sometimes the injuries are to the random stuff and, and Towns is the same way and everything. Cam Johnson's been hurt every single year of his career for a decade almost, dating back to like his senior year of high school. He was medically red flagged in the draft. He never has had the hip stuff, which caused him to be medically red flagged, but he's had damn near every other thing you could dream of. He's injured by the playoffs every single year. He's a good player. I think he's overrated defensively because he was on a top 10 defense in Phoenix Watch some highlights of what Luka Doncic did in the second round in 2022. Cam Johnson was getting bowled over. I understand it's Luka, but, you know, size-wise, you'd think Cam is a pretty good option. So I know it's the Pistons. They're not trying to defeat Luka Doncic in the playoffs. But when we're talking about $25, $30 million for that guy, I would be pretty worried. And he's already into his, you know, mid to late 20s because he was an old guy when he came out. So uh, what do you think of Cam? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just like he is sneaky old for a second contract guy. Um, now we're calling 27 year olds old. Um, I don't like that. You know, I don't like it's that either. Old. As, as I don't know what you guys are talking th- about. 
I'm recently minted 30 years old. So you know what? Eat it, Brendan. You're like, what? 20, how, how are you? 26? 17. You're 17 years old. Yeah. Jesus. Correct. No. You and you're, you're, you're only two years younger than Jason Tatum. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Catching up. I know that's not yeah, how it is. I, but I, I also like get it from the Pistons standpoint, like why they might try to do this just because a, like they're trying to build something longer term with money, get one of Monty's guys in there and B, he would just like replace the Sadiq Bayness that is now gone and in Atlanta. Like, and I, I think I would rather pay Cam Johnson than I would, than I would pay Sadiq Bay. Sure. Yeah. When I see the Atlanta stuff getting thrown around of like, they need to create flexibility to give an extension to Sadiq Bay. I, I just kind of shudder. I don't really understand that. But yeah, I, I don't think Cam with the Pistons is terrible. I mean, look, they have $31 million in cap space. They're not going to have to pay many of their guys for a while. So it's not like it'd be the end of the world. But whoever gives Cam that type of money, I would just be a little worried that the return on investment will get a little a little creaky and a little scary. Um, do we have any more or can we go to Brooke Lopez to, to round things is out? It bro- any more, yeah, Bill? Nothing. Good. Uh, All right, Brooke Lopez yeah. time. All right. So, Bill is the guest. What's your Brooke Lopez one? You can go first. I, I hate doing the thing that's been thrown out there uh, by everyone, but I really do love his fit in Houston. And I love that he's a veteran guy, uh, someone who I think, you know, with the new head coach in Ime Udoka, who's going to want to build things in the defensive end of the floor, I think bringing in a guy like Brooke Lopez who can bring that kind of defensive solidity and can be a guy that you build around and can really hammer home the importance of being good and solid on the defensive end of the floor. Mixing that with his shooting and just kind of his general sense of professionalism, I think he'd be a really good mentor to a guy like Alperin Shengun. And then kind of my big thing here is that I think he's someone, and maybe I'm totally wrong about this, but I think he's someone who would age gracefully, both as a player, uh, you know, he's going to be turning 36 next season, and as a guy who would go, you know, assuming those back issues don't flare up that uh, hurt him, not last season, but the season before, but also could be a guy who, after a year in the starting lineup, is maybe willing to hand that baton off to Shen Goon. So I, I do like the fit. Uh, I also just really like Brooke Lopez and want him to get, uh, want him to get paid one more time before his career comes to an end. So that's where I had him. Chris, we had the same thing. I love this for us. All right. So we're just thunder fans I'll, around here. You we're and just I. thunder fans. So here, here's my pitch. Brooke Lopez to the Oklahoma city. It's under three years, $15 million a year per, they have some cash space to do this. Maybe we could do the last year partially guaranteed because he's going to be a little bit late thirties by then. Like Lord knows how you know if the injuries ever come or anything like that. I understand they have Chet coming back and he's going to probably play some five, but he's going to come in really skinny off of injury and he's really young. Why not take away some of the brunt and cho- to have a guy to teach him how to play defense and be a pro and bring Brook Lopez in to do that and be an awesome defensive anchor for you? And they have SGA who is a first-team All-NBA guy. So I think you should be aggressive with a guy who has proven himself to be that good and is on the up and heading towards his prime. I wanted to try to trade for like Mitchell Robinson or something like that here instead of the Brook Lopez thing for the Thunder. I want to talk about them 
because I just really like a lot of the I love 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 what they're what they're building there with Jalen Williams, the the wing Jalen Williams, SGA, Chet. Brooke Lopez to me would be like a fun back end veteran veteran thing, and it wasn't. And look, I think he probably just ends up back in Milwaukee unless he gets overwhelmed by an offer. Just because I I kind of suspect he just maybe goes back there. They can't replace him otherwise. But if he goes somewhere else, I I think he would fit really really nicely in the Thunder. If especially if they are, I think what they should do, accelerate what's going on there just a little bit. They are a team that wants to play five out. And there's only so many guys that can protect the rim because they were not a great rim protection team. And they were not a great defensive rebounding team. There's only so many guys who can fill that, but also keep up with their identity as a five-out team offensively. And, and obviously, Brooke Lopez is one of those. Um, so I just I think it's perfect. I don't know what the offer necessarily is. If you told me it was all of their cap space, which is like $19 million, great. Um, to me, with Chet, with Usman Jang, who is a player that is pretty interesting if you caught him toward the end of last year, and mm-hmm. even Poku, that's three guys who are developing quote-unquote bigs, but pretty small and pretty raw, like frame-wise small. And so I would love the idea of having an actual big man veteran next to those guys to kind of bring them along. And, and like you said, be willing to, to step away at a certain point, like you were saying with, with Houston, Bill, that it would probably be short term. I mean, I think Lopez is 34 or 35, so you're not giving this guy four years, yeah. right? But one two-year deal at a big salary just to come in and kind of do all that stuff for you, I, I think is is awesome. And I agree with you, Chris. Like I I think Shea is one of the dudes who he's fine to be patient. I mean, he's obviously more than proven that, but there's only so long you can wait. I mean, this guy got MVP votes. Are you really going to say like, Oh, this is a, this year is about Chet. Can't, it can't just be that. Right. So you gotta, you gotta thread that needle. Yeah. And the thing with the thunder is that, I think we're just so used to saying that the Thunder are like not good. The Thunder are rebuilding. Sam Presti is a billion picks. He's never blah, blah, you know, blah, 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 blah. The Thunder were in the play in last year. They won 40 games. They were a good basketball team built around a guy in Shea Gilgis Alexander who is a stud. And then some re- a guy in Jalen Williams who is going, you know, his first act in the NBA was 14 points, four rebounds, three points four and a half rebounds, 3.3 assists. So he is going to potentially get better. Josh Giddy probably going to get better. Lou Dort can continue to get better. All these guys can continue to get better, but they are coming from a floor of winning 40 basketball games. And you can throw a guy like Brooke Lopez and a guy like Chet Holmgren in there, immediately upgrade your set, upgrade, reinforce, whatever you want to say, your center position. And all of a sudden we're looking at a Thunder team that, Let's say they get up to 44 wins, so a swing of six wins. That means they're in the playoffs without the play-in tournament last year. So there's an opportunity here for them to actually try and go for something. Like that future that everyone talks about with them, it's we're in it right now. So you might so going for a guy like Brooke Lopez, I really do like the idea of that 
especially in that first year as you know, you're kind of going to be holding Chet Holmgren's hand a little bit and helping him physically fill out, get used to the speed of the NBA, all that sort of thing. And then eventually you pass the baton and Chet becomes your starting center. And, you know, maybe after the all-star break, you know who the number one on off guy for the Oklahoma city thunder was last year. Uh, I'm going to, it was not myself. Wendy Waters the third. He's second, actually. I feel like that might Wiggins. have been a joke, but he's second. Uh, Dario, it was a joke. Dario Sharich. Let's go. And like, if that doesn't prove the exactly what we're talking about here, then I don't know what does, right? Like, they got a dude after the All-Star break who was 6'10", who could just be big, rebound, move the ball, shoot. And they were plus 13 per 100 possessions with him out there. Bring an even better version of that in, and, yeah, you know, you're cooking. I, him in Houston also would make sense to me. I I do kind of wonder if you want to like what that would do for Sangoon, considering he's been in the league a couple years now. And it's like, do you want to like take away his starting role? But like, I'm I'm a, I'm kind of a Sangoon skeptic just from a defensive standpoint. Like, we, there has to be growth there if he's ever going to be like the maximum Sangoon. And like, if they do truly want to accelerate, that would be an easy spot to say, hey, Brooke Lopez. Like you and Dylan Brooks for all of our money, and maybe Van Vliet, and let's let's be an adult team this year. Yep, I like Van yeah. Vliet there. That was on that was on my in case we didn't have enough to talk about list. I, I threw some extra ones together. I do like the Van Vliet to to Houston fit. I just think he's a mature dude who can shoot and pass. <laughs> Sign me up. Uh, I suspect Wayne Jane. Uh, excuse me, Ime Udoka. Uh, yeah, might want that as well. Yep. So. Any any things that didn't make your guys' list? I, I have two. That I, 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 I couldn't... One, what it was a Cavs one, and I didn't want to out myself. And secondly, I had a Suns one that I just couldn't quite get to because the Suns have no picks to do anything with. Oh, I'll, I'll go last year. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Okay. So, Cavs one, Jetty Osman, and some seconds for Royce O'Neal. I, I think could make sense for both teams. Uh, Osmond's contract is about to be guaranteed to kind of it makes sense to do it soon if you could to save some money for Brooklyn uh, and if you get one of Donovan Mitchell's friends in town you know maybe not a bad bit of business if you're Kobe Altman I was trying to find a DeAndre Ayton for Gary Harris and Wendell Carter Jr. trade no picks and uh, Wendell Carter Jr. is on like such a great contract and DeAndre Ayton is not on a great contract he also might so be better that one than DeAndre Ayton did. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, a popular uh, one among Suns fans. So you're not like out on, on an island talking <laughs> nonsense. I was but. I, I literally I, I had spot track. <clears throat> I'd split my screen with spot track and I was just trying to match salaries and needs with center. And brother, that was that was I mean, a did tough you see exercise. the eight and trade that Stein had this morning? It was like, oh, did I JaVale, Tim Hardaway and Rashawn Holmes and the, the Suns were like, who so was it? The Suns were like, can't have JaVale in that. Yeah. I don't know why on like the, I, the fact that that was the deal breaker is kind of hilarious. All right. My, my cutting room floor was uh, the, the Kuzma one that I had, which was just to the Pacers, which we talked about. So um, I, they drafted a lot of, of, of bigger wings though. So maybe they don't feel the need to, to do that. Maybe they'll play things patiently. They're apparently we're talking about Deandre Hunter, Kyle Kuzma's similar player, a little more offense, a little less defense, but. Uh, I'm interested to see Kuzma because he's another guy that kind of the rumors have have gone away. Maybe he already has an agreement in place. Bill, what's yours? 
Well, <clears throat> so these aren't mine. Uh, I told our dear, our dear friend, colleague, spiritual advisor, brother in arms, Robbie Callum, that I was coming on to this podcast. Um, and I told him, make up a trade for each guy, Robbie, and I will blindside them with it. So first off, he decided to just do a Cavs and Suns trade in oh, which okay. J- Jared Allen, Chetty Osman, and Ricky Rubio went to the Suns for DeAndre Ayton. Uh, He then decided to come up with a uh, Suns trade where Terry Rozier and Nick Richards went to the Suns for DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix's quest to be the most Hoopery team in the history of basketball. And then he did a Cavs trade where Jarrett Allen is traded for the Thunder for Lou Dort. Uh, Other than that, oh, I like that. Could can I can I be honest with you? You like could talk could could talk me and Allen for Dort could talk me into it. (laughs) Big Dort guy. Big dork guy. Don't really know why, Speaking but I'm a hoopers. dork guy. Yes. Yeah. Ludor will take whatever shot Cavs need- you'd like him to take. <laughs> Look, I have a, th- I have like, and ones you wouldn't. E- yes. Uh, I, I have a thing for guys who are like, just clearly like lift weights and are strong. And Ludor <laughs> is clearly like lifts weights and is strong. I have like a thing for basketball players that like clearly have spent time in the weight room. Like I, I'm begging for one summer to just like I as an experiment, I give me like Chet or Evan Mobley or Wemby go to like lift at like a, a Big Ten college football program and just see what happens after like cre- three months of creatine and like and just powerlifting. I just want to see what would happen and like see like just I, could it be bad? Yes. Would it be entertaining for me to see like Evan Mobley live in, in State College, Pennsylvania for three months? Also, yes, that would I be will. I will. I will happily be Evan Mobley's tour guide throughout State College, Pennsylvania. I will just not. Col- my my thing is not Columbus. Sure, which is, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I. You know, not. I'm not a. I, as much as I like seeing you and seeing Boy Genius in Columbus, not a not a Ohio State person. Um, Same. Oh. <laughs> um. Who gives up? Who has to add more into an Allen Dort trade? Into in Cleveland. Allen. Yes. For Dort, Cleveland probably, just because they're over the barrel. Just, just throw a second rounder in there. They're fine. Whatever. I really don't think. Like, I think the Thunder are really going to try to never have a traditional five. I don't think it was just like a, an experiment or like uh, you know joke this year. Like I think that that's the goal. And so like the Mitchell Robinson, Jared Allen. I think the Thunder are totally chill. Like they're going to just put six, nine guys everywhere and then have Shea run everything. And that'll be their team. And I think they're going to be awesome. Would be fun. Andre eight, the, the Cavs Suns trade also <laughs> like has tickled my brain a little bit because it should, it should not. Could, could, could cause the, the other layer to that, that either this was intentional on Robbie's on your part or not, is that that means Dan Gilbert and Matt Ishbia would have to like agree to a trade involving <laughs> each other's teams. Yeah, not happening. Oh, they're they are they are having their deputies work that one out. Well, James well, Jones, knows those James, guys. Jo- James Jones, yeah. like I'm sure, like you know, Kobe Altman and those guys. The other part of that is, um, I I would bet that Dan Gilbert saw the Suns get Bradley Beal, and it's just like because he wants to do something himself. So maybe he could trade for Tobias Harris for Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, and we could. Well, we could that that, that, that would certainly make a splash. Full circle. Um, I will look at I will, that, Chris. You're I will. A pro. I, I'm not a pro. I would stop talking about basketball professionally if that trade like actually happened. I think I'd become just like a Browns guy and just that'd be my pivot into the darkness. 
we'll end there. Bill, thank you so much for coming on. Not a problem. People guys. can read you, read you a dime. Follow you on. You have a good. You have a, you have one of the few good Twitter accounts, I will say. You know that's all I'm going for. Uh, all right, Brendan, you wanna do? We have anything else we need to plug before we get out of here? No, our friends at Ahmed. Hit the, the link down below. Yeah. Buy some shirts. WNBA. Yeah, NBA. Bill has an Ahmed. Bill, ha, if you're on, if you're watching on YouTube, Bill has an homage NBA Jam shirt. NBA right Jam now. stuff. And Kevin Love. G- oh, that's that's a good one. That is a that's Classic. a good one. Follow and he's sure with JR's. Wherever yeah. you listen or watch podcasts, and we'll be back. Thursday leading Friday. into free agency and hopefully not. Uh, hopefully we can make it another hour and a half where we don't have any deals go through. So we'll be uh, Friday morning, Thursday night, whenever you listen. We'll catch you then. Thanks. He acted like we didn't get Declan Rice bids while we were in this pod. Talk to y'all Friday. <laughs> <laughs>